0: Don't compare yourself to the people who've been doing it for four plus years, right? If you're comparing yourself to me or you're comparing yourself to Peter McKinnon or you're comparing yourself to anybody, right? Like those can be nice aspirational goals and these can be inspiring people that you look up to, but they've been doing this forever. As long as you're comparing yourself only to yourself yesterday and improving upon where you were yesterday, then you'll be super surprised where you are in even six months time or a year's time.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host Dave Mays and we're here in the Polar Pro Studio. Today's guest is Kyle Meshna. Kyle is a photographer and filmmaker from San Francisco. Kyle not only shoots photo and video for a living, but also happens to work for Google in Silicon Valley. In my conversation with him, we talk about the balance of having a full-time job and doing freelance work, as well as starting a new YouTube channel from scratch. Kyle has built a great following on his Instagram page, but is also a part of Team Bay Shooters, a community of creators based in the Bay Area who host events and share projects with one another. Before we get into my interview with Kyle, I'd like to remind all of you to subscribe to this podcast in your podcast player of choice. And if you already are a subscriber, please share this podcast with someone who you think would enjoy it. All right, without any further ado, let's listen in on my interview with Kyle. Kyle. All right, so we're here with Kyle Meshna, all the way from uh, the Bay Area. San Francisco, yeah. Thanks for
0: coming all the way out here. Um, Thanks for having me. What are you doing out here? So I'm filming a wedding down in San Clemente. San Clemente? San San Clemente. San Clemente. Something like that. Yeah, Yeah, this weekend. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, so rather than trying to drive down all the way on... Mm -hmm. I have to get to the rehearsal... This did you drive? so you I, drove? Did drove. Oh, I did wow. drive oh yeah. wow is this yeah. what,
1: six seven hours or something
0: it was six and a half i beat the google maps time by 20 minutes yeah. which i'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> maybe you got lucky with the but traffic but i got here i got here that's yeah. awesome
1: man well thanks for uh coming on the golden hour podcast it's great to be here you mentioned uh before we started rolling here that uh that you're a fan of the show you've listened to a huge, couple episodes I, I
0: think i've listened to almost all of them wow yeah the was maybe a
1: bricard and chris oh, yeah. poops and yeah all that. Yep.
0: Uh, Sorel as well. I know yeah, her kind of well. I went She's on an awesome. Iceland trip with her actually. Wow. Yeah, very cool. Um, I think I I originally had listened to it a little bit back when she was on it, mm-hmm. um, and then took a little bit break and yeah. Ever since starting to work with you guys with Polar Pro, awesome. Gone back and dove through all the archives. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah.
1: So if you're not familiar with uh, Kyle Meshna, I would encourage all you guys to go follow him on Instagram at Meshna, and then uh, you can find all of his other socials th- through that. Your YouTuber, your Instagrammer. Content is amazing, TikToker. Tik-toker. We're gonna talk about oh, all yeah. these things. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's start with that. With TikTok, what, uh, oh man, you know, I saw one of your videos uh, on your YouTube channel recently. Talks about you know how to make it on TikTok if you're not a a youngling. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell me about your recent journey on TikTok.
0: Yeah, I, I so I started TikTok as a total joke. I mean, like obviously Gary V is like you have to be on TikTok. So I'm like, all right, well. Mm -hmm. He's been talking about this long enough. I should probably give it a try. Yeah. Uh, A little bit lower barrier of entry than, uh, than YouTube obviously. Um, So I didn't tell anybody that I was trying it out. I just Uh kind of started doing it. Um, I have, I had like an okay following on, on Instagram at that point. Um, And I started posting, I posted like one cool drone video Mm -hmm. and nobody watched it. And then I posted what I thought was another cool video and nobody watched it. Uh And then the third video, I kind of started thinking, you know, what are people actually from the within the photography niche? Like what are the people that are, what are people actually watching? Mm -hmm. Um, and there was kind of two main things. Most of them were all just behind the scenes content. So Mm -hmm. what is it that people are doing to take these photos? Uh, Jordy, Jordy Kowalik, Kowalik is kind of, he's like super well known for his behind the scenes stuff. And he does super awesome, unique, interesting shots and stuff. So I saw that his videos were doing really well. I'm like, Oh, well I do, cool photos I think (laughs) Um, maybe I should try to do some behind the scenes stuff for that so I was uh, I was doing the fall colors out in the mammoth area with some friends and I just set up a camera behind us as we were doing this photo shoot um, Mm -hmm. just I was kind of drizzling some leaves over top of my buddy taking a photo of my other buddy down the street like jumping and doing a heel click uh-huh. <laughs> um so I just had like the video set up behind me of us doing that and then showed the photo afterwards mm-hmm. and so i had at this point, I had four followers I hadn't told any about buddy about it, and that video I think got like one point five million views or something Amazing. ridiculous yeah um so yeah, the algorithm's just super wonky, and I feel <laughs> it's kind of like playing the lottery a little bit a little bit <laughs> um I've heard it. Uh, described as, you know, they've got content creators hooked on Slot Machine, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just waiting for that next big viral hit. That's so true. <laughs> um, and you're just putting out stuff like, I oh, hope this one hits, I hope this one hits. Yeah. So yeah, my fourth, my third one hit, uh, and then I kept, I was like, okay, well, I should clearly keep trying to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just queued up a bunch of behind-the-scenes videos, a bunch of just silly stuff that I thought was yeah. like trendy, but still trying to adapt to on on the on the inst- on the TikTok trends but adapt it to like a photographer's version of that. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's it's So how long going has it been crazy? Now? A couple like months? 3 months. Okay. And, and I where have are you like at now? 280,000 <laughs> followers. <laughs> how posted? many
1: views total?
0: Uh oh, I don't even know. I've had like five that are over a million. Okay. Uh, so you might
1: have 6 to 7 million views or more.
0: Probably. Yeah, probably like 8 million or so. Like some of them have one of them has like 5 million views or mm-hmm. something. And it gets shared on Instagram all the time. Like all the big like viral photography mm-hmm. uh, Instagram one of pages the cool all things, show them. Yeah. One
1: of the cool things about TikTok is you have the option to put your Instagram or your YouTube or yeah. both... If you do both, then it's a two-step process. You click it, and then it gives you an option. But if you pick one or the other, it's just a one-click button straight to Instagram or or YouTube. What do you have linked?
0: I've actually been playing around with this. So I had a goal by the end of 2019 to hit 1,000 subs on YouTube, Uh, and I only had like, 500 at the time or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so as this TikTok thing was starting to happen, I had this thought, well, like, what if I just take off my Instagram? Like Instagram is yeah. fine right now. What if, if I just want to push the YouTube thing for a little bit, mm-hmm. what would happen if I just took off the Instagram link? Uh, and it worked super well. I got like <laughs> 500 subs really fast because as these videos were going viral, the only uh-huh. thing they could click on was my YouTube. Uh, yeah, and I I hit a thousand subs. It was really great. That's <laughs> <It was> cool. <laughs> um, so I since I since now I have both. Okay. Um, but if I want to make a push towards either one, I'll take the other one off. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Um, I mean, with TikTok,
1: if there if there's people listening right now who who are curious about it who haven't done it yet. Um, why why do it i mean obviously exposure totally is
0: worth it right but there's not a huge monetary thing yet at least with it not yet and not yet in the same way that there is it's not established yet mm-hmm. um i think it's still it's cheap engagement like it's mm-hmm. If you can get that, obviously 280,000 on TikTok does not equal 280,000 on YouTube or on Instagram. It's not even close. Because Um,
1: if you have that many on both those platforms, you're gonna have brands knocking on your door left and right, paying you thousands of dollars. Totally, totally.
0: Um, But I think because it's cheap and easy now, yeah. Why not get the cheap and easy exactly. followers I've now? Heard, uh, I've heard people say free real estate. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, you have, what is it called? Beachfront property. Yeah. Before it's, there's some real estate saying, right? Yeah. But that that saying is happening <laughs> right now on TikTok. <laughs> um, makes
1: us sound like we know more than we actually know. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a real estate guru. At all. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So that's kind of the first thing is I thought, you know, well, it's free real estate now. Um, and yeah. the second thing, because the quality of content, isn't super high right now, mm-hmm. if you have high quality content, brands are still finding you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure, I think I can say this, I don't know. Uh, a lot of people have reached out to me saying, hey, I found you on TikTok, and then I've then they, they messaged me through Instagram. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of brands that are reaching out to me now that say they found me on TikTok cool. first. Um, I just got a call with Sony on Monday. Mm-hmm um they're like head of business development he said like i couldn't sleep one night and i was on my personal tiktok and i found your videos and i have a (laughs) i have a video that says like oh what camera do you use because i'm sure you get this question all the time like the number one question of a photographer is what camera did you use Mm -hmm. uh so i just did like a stop motion time lapse of like all of my camera gear going into a bag like this is the camera gear that i use that's it um so this guy from sony saw that video and it's all sony gear um so say like, hey, like, can we work together? Do you want to like do this, do that? Mm-hmm. It's not like part of the ambassador program or anything like that, but sure. I at least have a conversation with the guy who runs yeah. all of business development for sure. North America, I think. So, well, that's enough
1: reason for anybody, yeah, to, uh, to do it. It's that's kind of like the Mecca, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um.
1: So it's not. Again, it's not where it's not as established as the other. Uh, social media platforms Mm -hmm. are although i I will say um you know twitter has been around forever and if you have a ton of followers and you're verified it's you can't really make money on twitter it's not a huge place either Mm -hmm. um but yeah instagram and youtube if you have a huge following there it's kind of a given if you just get have a good agent you can Mm -hmm. get some really crazy brand deals yeah um but we're I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Right now, you're getting contacts with people. Uh, You're getting just a whole new audience of probably younger people who are interested in photography that might Mm -hmm. literally be in high school still that like over the next five to six years as they grow into this career, they're going to see you as an expert. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I did my I put my parodies on there and they did really well. Yeah. Um, but that's all I've done. You know, I've only just re-edited mm-hmm. the brand new iPhone and the mm-hmm. Gear Guy video. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw those. But... I love the Gear Guy video. I really like that one. That was good. <laughs> Thanks, <man>. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those did really well. Um, for me, obviously, it's a music first platform, yeah. so those performed pretty well. But um, I haven't done anything else beyond
0: that. But... Yeah. I've made some really interesting contacts through TikTok as well. So there's a, there's the photography community on TikTok is much smaller mm-hmm. than Instagram. My buddy drew, drew photos on it. And he's, yeah. Been... yeah. I think I've seen his videos come yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Um, have you seen the, the guys that do like the stranger portraits? Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've shot with both of those guys. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, super fascinating stories. Both of them, the reason they do those, those stranger portrait things. Yeah. Is because they literally couldn't get a model because they had no followers. Oh wow! So they just started walking around downtown San Francisco and now it's become like and a it's niche, become a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and both of them within six months of starting photography are full time photographers now. Like wow. that is absolutely crazy.
1: So the for context, if somebody isn't aware, there is almost like almost a niche now that mm-hmm. I guess these guys have created. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, you tell them.
0: Yeah. So they they walk around typically a mall. So yeah. like they started in San Francisco and downtown near like the Westfield mall. And they would just walk up to people who they thought would be interesting to take a photo of and say, Hey, I'm mm-hmm. a photographer. Here's my TikTok page. Do you want to make a video like this? <laughs> um, which is super wild that these yeah. guys have absolutely no fear. I've gone and filmed behind the scenes for them a couple of times now. And the stuff that he's like, all right, we're going, I'm like, "What? Well, you can't just walk into this restaurant and ask th- <laughs> these girls are sitting there having a glass of wine. Like you can't just do that uh he's like like, yeah no we're doing it it'll be it'll be hilarious okay (laughs) we're we're going then um that's like old school youtube like prank channel kind of stuff yeah and i it's it's weird but Mm. nothing has gotten my heart racing like walking up to a (laughs) random person and asking to take their portrait yeah um so these guys clearly have like they it's a rush for them it's really smart yeah
1: well, let's do a uh, I don't know if if you've listened to the episodes before, then you're familiar with this uh, rapid fire thing. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. You ready? Yeah. Um so just one word answer. I'll ask you a simple question and then just give me your quick response. Canon or Sony? Sony. Mac or PC? Mac. iOS or Android? iOS. <laughs> Northern Cali or Southern Cali? Mm, I'm from San Diego but Northern Cali. <laughs> Shooting for clients or for yourself? Myself. YouTube or Instagram? instagram twitter or instagram instagram tiktok or youtube youtube <laughs> alfredo sauce or marinara sauce mixed ah yes man after my my own heart um yeah so you're a sony shooter sony shooter you edit on a mac i edit on a mac and you use ios i use ios <laughs> indeed and uh the reason that is interesting is because i work at google <laughs> so um I don't know how much you're able to talk about your job at Google, but you do work for Google. What's your position there and how long have you been working there?
0: I've been at Google for six years. Uh, there's a there's an internal uh, tool called Percent, I think, and it mm-hmm. shows you the percentage of people that are at the company before and after you. Uh-huh. And it breaks it down by your particular office, your org, your team, your everything. So I, as a six-year Googler, I think I have been there longer than of people, which is wild. (laughs) Um, Super crazy. Uh, I do advertising account management. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I mean, basically my day-to-day job is I work with a couple of very large enterprise-level customers um, that have been spending already on advertising with Google for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I help them run their advertising accounts, basically. So uh, those pre-roll ads that you skip on YouTube... That is 100% my fault. <laughs> those ads on uh, the top of the Google search results that you don't, we say you don't click on, but you definitely do. That's my fault. <laughs> yeah. And the, that pair of shoes or that, those pair of headphones that you're looking at that's following you around, that is also my fault. So you can direct all those hate comments towards me.
1: <laughs> well, what a wonderful job for you to have to become uh, an influencer on the internet right
0: yeah you'd be surprised how little it overlaps to be oh, okay. honest yeah really? <laughs> um i mean there is cert- certainly some some aspects for sure um you know it's it's actually really interesting to see the other side of youtube right mm-hmm. like most people think of youtube as the you know or the way that i approach youtube personally is is as a creator right um and the way that most people interact with it is as either a viewer or a creator, but there's this whole other side that's funding YouTube, right? Which mm-hmm. is the people, the advertisers that are spending the money that keeps it as a free platform that is paying those AdSense dollars and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a super complicated business. Um, like it's, there's so many different people to appease. There's, the the content owners like sony music for example that you have to appease right so working on those those like copyright strikes and things like that
1: my parodies uh i experienced that i
0: (laughs) I can see that absolutely um there's the policy side of it right like keeping it as like a safe space despite Mm -hmm. all this massive amount of user generated content i don't remember the exact stat but i think there's more there's more content uploaded to youtube in a single day than is been on that is than is on TV an entire year, oh wow, or something like that. I don't remember the exact stat, but it's a lot of content to police, right? It's Some ridiculous.
1: Big servers, you got, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're all over the place, of course. <laughs> um, and uh, and then yeah, there's obviously the, the advertiser side, which is what I work on, right? So mm-hmm. you know, how are we best placing those ads so that they make sense to what the content that's being that's being served up? Um, and I think a lot of people just think that it, you're only. Most people only think that, like, oh, well, I can only just, like, place a video on this, like, like individual video. Like, mm-hmm. I can place my ad on this individual video. Um, the targeting capabilities are much, much vaster and wider than I think a lot of people really mm. keep in mind, yeah.
1: So, for example, let's just take your YouTube channel. Right. You're a photographer, educator, you know, you, you, you do tips and tricks, you do vlogs and stuff. Um, you know, what kind of brand would you line up with that niche? Like, is that how it works? Like a company like Sony is like, hey, let's
0: put some ads on a bunch of photographer channels? or It could be that way. So that'd be placement targeting, right? Okay. Or topic targeting. So what are the topics or placements of the videos that you want to be advertising on? Mm-hmm. More often though, you're actually targeting an audience. So what is who is that viewer? Yeah. You actually don't, it doesn't really matter. Like if the CEO of some Fortune 500 company is also interested in photography and is looking yeah. up photography tips, you could still, you'd primarily wanna just target that CEO, mm-hmm. not the fact that they're watching something in particular. Gotcha. Um, so I think this is sort of a common misnomer is like, you think that you're targeting the content, typically you're just targeting the audience. So okay. what signals across YouTube or Google has that person exhibited? We put them in a bucket of, maybe they're in market for website services. So like mm-hmm. you're in market for building a website. Yeah. You've done a lot of stuff that shows that you're starting a business, you're maybe gonna do a website soon. Squarespace would then buy that ad and say, hey, doesn't matter if you're watching a camera tip video, if you're watching a slime video, if you're watching a, I don't know, Conan O'Brien replay or something. Yeah. You are in the market for this thing that I have to offer. I would Mm -hmm. like to put an ad on this, please. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like how polite they are. Please, (laughs) I would like to put an ad on this, please. (laughs) Yes. And then there's obviously the different formats, right? So you can just Mm -hmm. do like a pure non-skippable. You can do one that's Mm -hmm. becoming a lot more common, which is probably what you're seeing a lot more of now is um it's a called Truby for action um so there's actually like a clickable buy now button or a sign up button or something like that mm-hmm, pretty cool um so rather than bidding on just like a pure cpm basis they're actually bidding mm-hmm. towards a cost per free trial it's for funny I've,
1: I've been on premium now for about two years so i, I, am, I see I nothing
0: <laughs> i don't see anything either
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like people are like oh man i can't stand these ads i'm like yeah. there's Which a solution was, to that yeah. like it just, it's super
0: cheap It's probably the best." it's Aside from Netflix, I think yeah. it might be the best subscription. You can get. <laughs> I'm not, I am in no way compensated for saying this. No, I, but it's my I, favorite thing. Yeah. I
1: will absolutely agree. And I think I've actually hooked a couple of my buddies onto it, especially YouTubers, because, like, for research and for just work, you're obviously on it all the time. And, um, one of my favorite features is the fact that on mobile I can play in the background and download mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. And sure, of course, ad blockers work on your desktop, but, um, they don't work on mobile. So yeah. um, for a long gearing up for a long flight, you just download like 20 mm-hmm. tutorials. It's perfect. Yeah. Plus also technically speaking, if, uh, if you want to really support creators that you watch and you're using an ad blocker, they're not making any ad sense off of that. Is that right? Is that true? Or is
0: that a myth? I have no idea. I am actually not sure. <laughs> I feel not.
1: like you're dodging that
0: one. I have, No, I'm actually not sure. I, I don't know.
1: I've heard that if you have an ad blocker and you watch somebody's YouTube video, that um, Google's able to decipher that and the ad doesn't serve, which means they don't get uh, the ad revenue versus just paying for premium and they actually They get do get a cut. Yeah. yeah. And I've I'm also not, heard that premium sure. or what used to be called YouTube Red um, is a higher payout as well compared to just skipping an ad that might be true Mm -hmm. but it's neither here nor there but i recommend it (laughs) it's great that's super interesting that you're a part of that it is interesting yeah (laughs) what's it like doing all these other things that we're now going to move on to and talk about while also having a a full-time job i'm assuming it's a full-time position oh it's
0: very full-time yeah so you're
1: so you're doing all these other things growing a million viewed TikTok account, right? Uh, an active YouTube channel, active Instagram account, photographer, a lot more, a lot more client work. You're doing, in yeah, you're doing freelance. You're obviously here shooting, a shooting a wedding. Um, how the heck do you do all that? <laughs> Admittedly
0: you're catching at a, me at a point where I'm not doing it. Well, I'm not <laughs> okay. balancing it. Well, uh, I'm not sleeping a whole lot. Um, Yeah. I mean, a lot of it has to do with like keeping a pretty constant routine. So Mm -hmm. like I wake up at six, I go to the gym, which is at work, which is very convenient and helpful. I get my coffee, which is provided by work, which is also convenient and helpful. Uh, save a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, and and time, I mean, the biggest thing is saving time. Like I don't Mm -hmm. have to go to a separate gym. I don't have to go to a separate coffee shop. That's all very convenient. Um, yeah. And then I, I, work from nine to five, six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I go home and I set up my little studio in my bedroom and uh-huh. I edit a bunch of photos and I maybe film a video and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just go it's, to sleep, repeat, go to sleep at 2am and wake up at six again. That's yeah. kind of how things have been the last couple of
1: weeks. Jeez, man, Yeah. I can't do that. I'm one of those guys that like, I literally need my eight hours or I'm just going to die.
0: Oh, I need it still. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I definitely still need that eight hours. Um, okay. lots
0: and lots of coffee. Uh-huh. That helps a little bit. Um, yeah, something's gonna have to have to give a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm getting a lot more clients coming coming forward, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm part of this this I guess we're calling it like a collective called the Bay mm. Shooters, um, which we could talk about a little yeah. bit more as well. Um, and that's kind of taking off a little bit, so we're we're getting a lot more clients through that now, um, which is all super fun. And um, you know, the Bay Area photography community is amazing. We could we could definitely dive into that, but. Of all of my, I have a huge, huge network of Bay Area photographers, but not a lot of them do video as well. Um, So every time they get a brand deal and then that person asks them for video, they come to me,
1: Mm -hmm. which is
0: great. Uh, But now there's a lot lined up. So (laughs) it's a little bit difficult. So, I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about
1: this, but is there a point where you're going to have to decide one or the other? uh, Or are you going to just try to balance both of these jobs?
0: Right now, I'm trying to balance it as much as I can it's starting to get to the point where maybe you'll have to make a decision at some point. Yeah. Um, the issue is that I live in San Francisco uh-huh. and it's not particularly easy to afford the cost of living in San Francisco <laughs> on a photographer, videographer, uh, freelancer salary. Of course. Um, so you're going to be a van lifer then? I I'm actually <laughs> am thinking about it. I actually have a viewing set up on Monday <laughs> to go check one out. Uh, I do not have the handy skills to build my own, nor do I have the time to like spend six months building a van. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm definitely thinking about it. I think that would be an interesting way to like reduce cost of living mm-hmm. quite a bit. It would have to be of course. built out in a specific way for to allow for it to be a, you know, like a mobile studio that I could also mm-hmm. film in, that I could also edit in has enough power to run <laughs> all of the different things that one would need. Well, we've interviewed a couple on the oh, podcast. Oh, I listened to them. So I, like, I messaged them right after. I was like, oh, I want to go do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah so I'm definitely thinking about it. Um, trying to figure out some way to figure out a way to do freelance full time. But mm-hmm. it's also really hard to give up a pretty cushy job that sure. is fun it's, and is, is challenging and, and pays really well. And
1: Yeah. I mean, I think of all the companies in the world... Google's
0: one of the probably one of the best ones to work for it's it's up there yeah, yeah it's, I mean it's still a desk job but it's a really nice desk job. you know it's a comfy seat it's got you know uh-huh <laughs> it's, it's exciting a, I mean yeah. they're
1: such a big company they're doing so many incredible
0: futuristic things it's, right it's exciting so in fairness though the 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 day-to-day is not self-driving cars and mm. uh and like cool youtube sure. innovations and stuff the day-to-day is still a day-to-day job you know sure yeah so did you go to college i did yeah so this is actually an interesting kind of point like i don't feel like most people in the creative field necessarily have had my my experience right like tell me your experience i did the i did all of the things that you're supposed to do right like i (laughs) i tried really really hard in school i went to uc berkeley i tried really really hard at uc berkeley i went to so you're smarty pants. I That's guess awesome. I just tried, I uh, <laughs> You applied yourself. Not, well, I, I think I worked smarter than harder. Mm. Like a, what's the minimum amount that I can do to get an, a, a B plus <laughs> yeah. or an A minus. Okay. That's kind of my, my MO. I love that. Um, yeah. And then I, I, I took a job doing advertising, like Google ads, advertising, uh, out of college uh, at a small agency. Um, and as that was, that agency was kind of going under, I reached out to a contact that I had at Google. I was like, Hey, can I, can I take, but your job, please. <laughs> um She was moving to a new position, so I, I actually did ask her, like, "Can I have your job?" And she's like, "Yeah, you'd be great at it." So snuck my way into Google that way, and that's where I've been ever since. But very cool. I've sort of always felt like I was pulled in two directions between like what society tells me is the right thing to do and uh-huh. like the creative aspect that I like kind of want to do. um Even when I was, I think it was like third grade, my I was going to my mom's school. My mom was a teacher growing up, mm-hmm. and they had a uh, gate so like uh i don't know it's like the smart kids one like gate gifted and talented education i think it stands for okay and then there's fame which is fine arts magnet education so there was two different programs that as a third grader you could decide which one you had to like apply for both do you want to be famous yeah or go through this gate this gate
1: right (laughs) (laughs) yeah the gates of of of, I don't know. Of the nine to five. <laughs>
0: right. Of the nine to five. Right. Um, <laughs> That's an awful name. I know. It was bad. Uh, I think it's like a California wide okay. program. Never though, heard like, of it. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So you had to apply for both. And the gate one, you had to take a test. And then the fame one, you had to like do a performance or a draw <laughs> pictures or something. <laughs> like color inside the lines. It's yeah. Like, great, I don't know. Uh, so I applied for both and I got into both. And my uh-huh. parents kind of pushed me to do the gate one. So I, instead of going the creative route, I Mm -hmm. ended up going with like the math and science route. Um, but I always kind of kept that, you know, that creative side to me a little bit, even though I sort of like put it on hold to focus Mm -hmm. on school. Going
1: to take a quick break in my conversation with Kyle Meshna to recommend that you guys check out the Peter McKinnon Polar Pro VND filter system if you haven't already. A filter that Kyle himself has said uses all the time. VND stands for Variable Neutral Density filter, and we sell multiple thread sizes for all your lenses, and they come in two different strengths. One strength is 2-5 to five stop ND and the other one is a 6-9 to nine stop ND. The great thing about VNDs is, is they cover so many different ranges of ND, so you don't have to carry around so many different filters when you're out shooting. VNDs also act as a polarizer as well so you can get even more saturated and punchy landscape images using a VND rather than just a normal ND. The biggest difference between ours and the competition is the fact that we have hard stops on either end of the variable strengths, which keeps unwanted cross-polarization from happening that other v struggle with, giving you an unwanted vignette effect to your image. The quality of the glass itself outshines the competition using fused quartz glass, giving it superior optical clarity over any glass on the market. Each VND also comes with a super compact carrying case and one of my favorite little accessories that we make, a Defender Slim cover, which mounts perfectly onto the filter and provides fingerprint-free installation and gives your filter rugged protection from drops or scuffs. To learn more about the Peter McKinnon VND, check it out on our website, polarpro.com. Alright, now let's get back to the show.
0: I started picking up DJing for like ten years. I DJed for like ten years That's and fun. had a couple of residencies in San Francisco and stuff, and did that for a long time. <laughs> uh, but then, getting as I kind of like aged closer towards thirty, mm-hmm. it's like you know, hang out at a dingy club until like <laughs> three AM and then going to work the next day is like uh, not the best for my long-term yeah, physical health,
1: of course. Um, so I
0: might as well stay up till three editing. Three, photos. yeah, exactly, same thing. Um, yeah, so uh, my then girlfriend at the time uh now ex. um she was into photography and we were on a trip together in bali and she mm. was like showing me how to work her camera i'd been super interested in cameras like stole my dad's camera and made little like cops parody videos when i was a kid that's awesome um but yeah she gifted me her old nikon d40 about four years ago that's how i kind of first got into photography seriously and then outgrew the the five autofocus points on the Nikon <laughs> d40 pretty quick Uh uh-huh. um Switched to Canon for a little bit, then went to Sony when I when I bumped up to full frame. And uh, yeah, this was about four years ago, and then completely mm-hmm. took off ever since. Completely gave up DJing, sold my equipment, and yeah, I think I sold my turntables and bought the the Sony twenty four to or the Sony twenty four G Master. Oh, nice! Great lens. It's Super great. Definitely it's my very favorite expensive, lens. Expensive, but it's yeah. Great. Well, I had the turntables, so yeah, exactly. it paid for, itself, it paid for itself. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how we got into that, but so
1: and and then you started, I guess. Growing your Instagram following at that point, or yeah, or so at least getting serious about it.
0: Yeah, I had been on Instagram in college when it was still just a filtered app. Yeah, I my first photos, at I didn't actually effect. even realize that I was posting them to a social media. Oh, like, I thought I was literally just taking filters of. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was just a cool like hipster filter, It's like app. Visco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I re- like somebody liked a photo. I was like, "Oh, oh I didn't think I was sharing these to anybody." <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had kind of tried originally building it out for the the DJ piece. Um, wow. uh, yeah, so one day I was just kind of like scrolling through somewhere, and I saw this interview that somebody had done with uh, Jack Morris. Do you travel? Mm-hmm. And he was this guy that was going around taking photos and getting paid to do it, to post on Instagram. And I'm like, wait, you can do that? That's crazy. Like, I have a camera. I should do that. Yeah, Um, Which is probably a horrible motivation to start doing anything. It's like, I want to be famous for taking photos and traveling
1: well the thought of
0: getting paid to just travel is yeah. insane yeah. it's ridiculous and I'm like this this guy has the easiest job ever he's a, <laughs> an influencer what is that mm-hmm. um, little did I know how much work it was actually yeah but they make it look so appealing right mm-hmm. um, so yeah I was like maybe I should try out this this whole Instagram thing and uh, yeah so I kind of grew up grew up from a photography standpoint in the the age of Instagram which is mm-hmm. very strange yeah <laughs>
1: That's amazing. I mean, when I go through your Instagram account, and again, I recommend everybody to do so, and you just keep scrolling endlessly, um, there are some incredible trips that you've been on here. I mean, you've been all over the world. I
0: have been all over the world,
1: yeah. Can so, you I name a couple of the
0: places you've been and some of your favorites? So recently, up until I moved back to the States actually a year ago. I was living in Ireland for two years. Oh, wow. Um, so I started photography four years ago. A year after that, I moved to Ireland um, and photography was like absolutely the way that i wanted to go see the world um, okay it was my motivation to go out and see different cities and different nature formations <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah i wanted to like see everything through a lens right yeah. um which there's obviously like other ways to travel and i don't necessarily want to force anybody to like only do travel because of photography but for me that was my motivation to get out and do stuff um and it was kind of my motivation to like I transferred with Google, uh, to our Ireland office. So it was like wow. the safest way to go have an international experience. It's super cool. Keep your job, uh, go to an English speaking country. Um, but kind of use that mm-hmm. as like a jumping off point to go Very experience cool. a bunch of different stuff. Um, so I traveled all throughout Europe, had to get a new passport cause I filled mine up, which was something I never That's thought so would ever happen. Um, it was a blast of a two years. Yeah. it was yeah. Super, super fun. Um, but then. Broke up with said person and uh, was like, you know, what, I should probably go home. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I moved back to San Francisco a year ago. Yeah. Okay, cool. And now it's one of the things that I really enjoyed about it most is sitting around talking to all these Europeans like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Barcelona this weekend or I'm going to go to Finland next weekend or something. And everybody who's from Europe is like, oh, you know, I've never been to Barcelona before. Like, dude, Barcelona's right there. How have you never been before? (laughs) Well, you're the one who's from San Francisco. Like, you get to go to Yosemite all the time and like go to Zion. I'm like, you know, I've I grew up in California my whole life. I've never been to Yosemite. (laughs) This must be. I've actually never driven down the one. (laughs) I think it must be a human nature thing, right? Like the things that are right there in your own backyard are not something you take advantage of. Yeah. Uh, So it was kind of in that moment that I was like, you know, when I go back, I'm. gonna do all of the things that mm-hmm. i should have done as a child or as a young adult yeah um the first thing i did when i came back is i just kind of like zoomed out on my google maps and i bookmark everywhere that i want to go mm-hmm. um i just picked the spot that had the most stars on my google maps i'm like i'm right i'm going here uh rented a van and drove through the southwest for like three and a half weeks oh cool uh, awesome yeah so, so now
1: so you've fulfilled that now fulfilled
0: the that well started You're to still working, that now. Yeah. Um, still working on it yeah still working on the map the map is getting pretty filled in. But, uh.
1: <laughs> so tell me about just the the business side of Instagram. You're now at 20,000. Congratulations. 20, 000. Yeah. And then the base shooters, we can touch on that as well. Yeah. Um you know, what's your strategy for for your Instagram account? Cuz um you can definitely see a switch that occurred at a certain point where your consistency has gotten really good. You're, you know, you're doing some really great long exposure stuff, um, with our filters. I know you're working with us. So yeah, we can talk about that. But yeah, tell me about just your process and your, um, your Instagram kind of goals and strategy.
0: Yeah. I think that that main switch happened around, um, March of 2017 I think it was Mm -hmm. um I actually won a trip to go with Sorella Moore who I know has been on the podcast a long time ago Mm -hmm. um she was running a tour in Iceland and she sent out some Instagram story you could apply and then she picked 12 people to go on a tour with her um And so I I went on that and like, that's when I really started to learn, like, I thought I was okay at photography, Mm -hmm. but sitting there and like watching how she used Instagram and YouTube as an actual business, that really like opened my eye up to so many things. And just having like a full week with some amazing people to like hang out and create with, yeah. um, but then having somebody who's like a true professional at this this field Mm -hmm. um, and getting to pick her brain about like, how do you approach a brand how do you approach a client like what does a brand deal look like what does Mm -hmm. a brand shoot look like how do you deal with revisions and things like all these different things that like as you start to get your first couple of brand deals you realize are like very very important Mm -hmm. um getting to really pick the brain of somebody who was an expert at that was super super helpful on top of the fact that like i learned a ton from like photography standpoint from her Mm -hmm. um so i think that was for sure a turning point uh and yeah i guess the way that i approach it now i mean I don't have enough time to go reach out to many brands, Mm -hmm. um, but there's enough coming in now that I can at least be a little bit selective with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, I think this is is a really interesting point, is I do have a full-time job that makes me a pretty nice income, so I don't actually have to do any brand deals, so I don't feel the pressure of my art or my creativity making me money. Mm-hmm. I just get to focus purely on the creativity aspect of it. So up until very recently, I'd said no to pretty much every brand deal. Cause I'm like, I don't actually need any money right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to have to like ask my audience of anything. Like mm-hmm. I just want to be able to create art that I think is cool and ask nothing of my audience. Make in
1: return. art now, make
0: art right now. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Joshua. Oh, the best channel on YouTube right now. for sure. <laughs> I love it. I love down. his stuff
1: so much. We had him on the podcast too. Um, very cool. Yeah, um, I can relate to that as well with my gear review channel, Kinetika. Um, I do get a paycheck from that mm-hmm. outside of YouTube. So um, on, in the early days, it was kind of like, you know, I'm not really too concerned about making money, it's just right. making art. You can and just that's, make cool stuff, yeah. Yeah, and that's a really, I think even if you're not in that position, if, you, if you're if you doing YouTube or Instagram as a side hustle, it's important to keep that focus and not worry too much about the the money Mm-hmm. Yet, because if you can build a reasonable-sized audience that that is very active <clears throat> and engaged in your stuff, then then when those brands come to you, or you can reach out to those brands. Totally, you can you can figure that out later. Yeah, but absolutely. I think it takes time to build that. Yeah, but I mean, what are you doing now? You said you up until now you've said no, so you're saying yes now. Saying yes now. <laughs> yeah, but that's just I would assume to kind of begin that transitional.
0: Probably, yeah, situation. yeah, and I think it's it's also a really interesting challenge to work with a brand as well. You mm-hmm. kind of have this this new creative limitation of, you know, I think anytime you put some restriction on the creativity, that's when you actually become the most creative. Um, that's why I really like having like participating in some of those like editing challenges or mm-hmm. um, like uh, the
1: B roll challenge, the B roll challenge. McKinna. Yeah, yeah,
0: It's like okay, you have you have to do it within these parameters. How do you then go mm-hmm. and create something within those parameters? Right. Yeah. Um, so I think you, if you kind of approach it in that sense, then it actually becomes a lot more fun to work with the brand as well. Like, yeah. how do I how do I talk about this filter, or how do I show this this new filter in like mm-hmm. a really unique, interesting way?
1: Well, one of my, one of my favorite photos uh, that you've done is the picture of um, you know using one of our uh, ND filters of uh the waterfall waterfall. yeah that one
0: that is my most viral video on uh on tiktok as well that one's i think at five million and that's that one to this day keeps on getting shared all over instagram (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um what filter were you using that was the nd1000
1: nice pretty broad daylight and you use our uh our nd1000 to do those long exposure stuff
0: uh I Sometimes. primarily actually use the Peter McKinnon VND the 6 to that's nine. my the I usually use the 2 to 5 that's my like go to for pretty much everything just cuz it's super versatile okay um just stop down
1: and uh, make yeah. it work yeah yeah um that's awesome. but
0: then for the for the super bright stuff um San Francisco has like these really cool fog shots that happen every once in a while right um uh, so you can get like some cool long exposures of the fog rolling over the hills and mm. stuff, but it's super bright out because it's at sunset and you're yeah. like shooting directly into the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ND 1000 is really great for that. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah. Tell me about Bay shooters. Bay shooters. Yeah. So the barrier, I mean this, it's part of a larger collective, uh, that's called the shooters community. So we have UK shooters, LA, uh, Bay, Chicago, New York portrait, Pacific Northwest. We just launched Southwest shooters launching another one soon um it's one of the coolest communities i've ever experienced or been a part of um the bay area photography scene is quite awesome in in all honesty um i i'm not sure exactly what it is like there's there doesn't seem to be many full-time freelancers there there doesn't seem to be all that many like portrait or wedding people in the bay area as much and i think it's because it's impossible to like survive on a freelancer um Mm -hmm. income uh but it is obviously like a beautiful place to shoot. Like the city itself is amazing. You have two super iconic bridges. You have a ton of nature all around. Um, so there's just a, a ton of landscape photographers. Mm-hmm. Um and with the base shooters, what we've done, there's six of us that run the page. Um and so we host, we like run the feature page. So if you tag our hashtag Bay underscore shooters. Um, you kind of have a chance to like be featured on our page. Very Uh, but beyond that, the, the main thing that we focus on is just building the Bay area community up. Mm -hmm. Um, so we host bi-monthly events, uh, at different locations all around. Um, we'll have like kind of amateur models or sometimes professional models come out. So, Kind of people who are still getting started in photography can have a chance to do a portrait session, but then it's also typically at a place that's also super good for landscapes as well. So the mm-hmm. last one we did was at Sharkfin Fin Cove, uh, which is kind of a little bit north of Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, I don't know, I think like 250 people showed up, um, which is awesome. Like you get to see these people who are just getting started out in photography. They meet people that have something that is obviously in common with with somebody else who's at this meetup they meet for the first time at a meetup and then you see them at the next meetup and they came with that same crew that you saw meet together at the last one. And then they've, you're, you see them on the internet. They're all like best friends hanging out on their stories (laughs) and stuff. Like, wow, this is so cool. We like, we helped facilitate somebody finding like their new best friend, which is super rad.
1: That's super rad. Yeah. I love that. And so you're one of six. that kind of are moderating it Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, You're putting your own content on there as well. And I would assume the, the, kind of the draw to it is um brands know this shooter's thing Mm -hmm. and they they're just going to reach out and say hey we need somebody for x or y or z or whatever yeah exactly
0: so we we collectively all have a large following like everybody who's a part of the of the team has over twenty thousand followers as well um so not only by working with us you don't just work with one person right you Mm -hmm. work with a collective of people who have a combined following of 300 and something thousand. We have to update our media kit still. (laughs) Um, Who, you know, this is our, these is our combined stats. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we each have like something different to bring to the table, right? Mm -hmm. So like Kyle and Kane are the two video people. Kane is also like a professional animator. So she can like animate a bunch of the stuff. Very cool. Um, David is a professional graphic designer. So he can like design, he designs all of our flyers and all of our media kits and like all of the different things that a graphic designer would need to design yeah uh colin is a full-time photographer for chubbies um so all the lifestyle and product shots he is incredible at lifestyle and product shots um and then andrew and paul are um just hands down some of the best landscape photographers you will ever meet they are Mm -hmm. so 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 good and um and the brand work that they do is absolutely incredible um, so we kind of get to combine and like, here's yeah. the package deal. What would you like? Oh, it's,
1: I mean, that's beautiful for a brand. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to want to work with that. Yeah. That's really clever. I like that. Idea. And then we also
0: get to host an event and mm-hmm. you could be a sponsor of this event. You, yeah. you have 200 people who are intimately into, uh, intimately interested in what your brand has to offer Yeah, all at one place Very interacting cool. with your product or your brand. We'll do a giveaway that type of stuff sweet
1: so yeah check out the shooters in your local area yeah and uh yeah that's very cool So tell me about your youtube journey because i mean like you said a lot of your friends are photographers they might not have a video uh background or any experience in that i mean you seem to be just as passionate about video as you are photo is that right
0: almost all of my brand work is video actually really they'll come to me as a hey we like your tiktok or your instagram can like what's your rate and i'll give them a photo rate And then I'll give them like a video rate that's two to three times what Mm -hmm. the photo rate is. And they always go for the video rate. They're like, well, we didn't actually know you could do video. So like, (laughs) yeah, we'll do that. Um, yeah. So I mean, what, what the heck?
1: That doesn't make any sense. I mean, are you a
0: photographer or a filmmaker? I don't know. Yeah. I guess both. Yeah. Yeah. I would consider myself, I think I would consider myself a photographer first Mm -hmm. because I started with photography and it, it seems like it's a harder transition to make to go from photo to video. There's so much more to know. Is it? I no. feel like it is. I don't know. I don't
1: know. I've never really touched You've kind of gone the other way. Yeah. Huh? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I do really love video. I think it's just you can t- you can do so much more storytelling. You can do so much more. You can bring out so much more emotion than just like capturing yeah. one or two photos. You know.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I I used to people would ask me all the time, "Hey, can you take pictures for me? Can you?" you know, shoot my daughter's wedding and whatever. And it was like, sorry, no, I'm not a photographer. That's better for that. (laughs) It's like, it's not as simple as, I mean, it is as simple as switching from video to photo mode because these are hybrid cameras that we're shooting on, but it's a completely different mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how to pose people. I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, but the, the couple of photo sessions that I have done, it's surprisingly easy how (laughs) quick it is. And like, the editing process is Way so nice. faster. It's like yeah. I can actually listen to a podcast or listen to music while I'm editing. Right. Whereas when I'm editing video, you have to be like Fully super immersed. focused. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, with the exception of the color grading part, which is my favorite cuz then I can just listen to a podcast while I color grade. But um anyways, that's you know random, but um YouTube, you're you're sort of, you know, trying to do all these things but yes. you've also got this YouTube channel. I'm on are, YouTube. What yes. are your
0: plans with that? I've gone through so many different things. It started as a couple's travel channel. Mm-hmm. Um, we are no longer a couple anymore, so it's <laughs> no longer... I've changed the channel. It used to be Till Death Do We Travel. Mm-hmm. Had, like, logos made and all that. Had a nice intro. Uh, so if you actually look at the old videos, all mm-hmm. the old branding's still on there, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the process of shifting more towards... I'm trying to figure out a way to not just have not just be another photographer giving photography tips Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like everybody wants to do that. At this point, I do at least feel like I have tips to give, Mm -hmm. whereas when I started the channel, I admittedly don't think I was good enough to be giving anybody advice. (laughs) Um, But one thing that I've actually started doing on Instagram a lot more is um, showing the before and after. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think if you look at my most recent photo, um, it was a crazy edit that had like 26 layers in Photoshop. I spent like three and a half hours on it um and rather than just showing the photo i wanted to actually show people like what i did um yeah it's very cool if you look at it um as of the recording of this
1: you posted it two days ago by the time you hear this it might not be the case but it's a photo of um mont saint Mont saint Michel. um very beautiful shot but yeah you you, what you did is it looks like you took your ipad or something and like drew on top of it or yeah Photoshop exactly. or whatever. yeah so i
0: have this like i have this beautiful ipad pro that i never use for anything it's <laughs> I was, I was kind of just wanted to like i was laying in bed one day and just wanted to like I was, maybe i'll just doodle on my photo uh-huh. um i used to do like tap to edit on my stories where i'd put the raw and then i'd say tap to edit and then people would tap on the next story and then see the final product that's cool and people kept on dming me like hey i actually felt like i did something by <laughs> tapping on it. like i feel like i actually edited it myself Um, And then a few times I started like drawing just with the stories feature. Like I would just like kind of doodle on the story and be like, here's where I added some light source or like I did dodging and burning here or Mm -hmm. uh, I color graded like this or something like that. Um, So I used to do those on stories because like, yeah, like nobody's going to pay attention to these. I'll just like toss them up here. But those were far and away, like my most responded to stories. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I was like, maybe I should just start doing this on my actual Instagram page. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started doing this like maybe a month ago. And ever since then, like followers are up like crazy. The number of people who like interact with those in all of the other ways, other than just commenting and liking the saves are through the roof for those, for those ones. The number of people who, I think like a hundred people sent that to somebody else. I'm like, what are you, who are you sending this to? Um, so that's, I think Very that's cool. sort of helped with the the overall following. You asked about YouTube, though, and now I've gone back to Instagram.
1: <laughs> but I was assuming that you were leading into that
0: yeah. uh, with the format and the style that you want to do right. on YouTube. Right, so I, I kind of want to figure out a way to not just be like a here's me editing this video, this photo, um, but have it in a little bit more of, a, of an interesting, kind of fun, doodly mm-hmm. type way. Um, so I'm still working out the kinks which is the exact opposite thing of what you need to do on YouTube. Stop worrying about <laughs> no, thinking overthinking it and just start doing it.
1: No, it's it's a great time for us to interview you cuz you are in the middle of it and I think a lot of our listeners can relate. Mm-hmm. They may have some general direction, but it's hard to find that target. Uh, What I've always been taught and where I've seen success in my career is when I'm able to find something that I can totally sink my teeth into and just focus, laser Mm -hmm. focus on it. Um, If you don't have a target, you're going to hit nothing every time. And so it's important to experiment and figure out what target you want to focus on because if you're going to be spending the next couple of years on that one Mm -hmm. thing uh, and you don't actually like it, then what's the point? Yeah. So I think it's important to try everything. And, um, but also, you know, at some point you're going to have to, yeah, get get super focused. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to do all these things because, uh, when you look at Gary Vee, he says, do this and do that. But he, he has a team of people doing it. It'd be
0: nice to have a team. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if like, maybe I should just hire, like I do, I hire an editor now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hire editors to do foundational edits. Mm -hmm. So, Um, even though it's totally something very simple and basic for me to do that is four to five hours that I don't have to do it and even though it's like well it's 150 bucks or 200 bucks and it's only four hours but that adds up and um, even at the higher end of things Marquez Brownlee and other people they still will finish out the last 10 Mm -hmm. to 20 percent of the edit Mm -hmm. uh, because I think there is a value to that as a YouTuber Um, but you sitting down and just rambling for an hour and cutting that down to 10 minutes, somebody can, totally. can do that. Yeah. Um, especially if you do have bullet points or a script. Yep. Um, all you gotta do is just follow the script.
0: So. I have so many scripts already written. I have mm-hmm. a spreadsheet that's... I don't know, maybe a hundred lines long of all yeah. my different video ideas. <laughs> I have a YouTube studio in my bedroom. I have all of the things except for the time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, time is definitely the most precious of course, commodity and, that I have at the moment. Yeah. And or that, don't have
1: that. Yeah. And you know, it's because you're, you're juggling so many things. So, um, in a full-time job. So I totally understand. Um, it's hard to do, but a lot of people who are listening can definitely relate to that. So, Absolutely. um, you're giving me some encouragement. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So as we're, uh, believe it or not, we're coming to the end here. We're at an hour almost. Um, what are some, just some, some of the things that you've learned over these last couple of years that you would like to share, you know, to people who want to start doing what you're doing. I mean, uh, again, you're, you're in it with them right Mm -hmm. now. We're all, we're all doing this together, but, uh, what are some of the the mistakes that you've learned that you could kind of learn from and share?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is just start doing it. I think, I have a lot of people that have reached out to me like, I want to take photos like you someday. I'm like, okay, well, start taking photos. You're, you're reaching out to me from an account that hasn't actually posted a DSLR photo before you mm. say you have a DSLR, like go out and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, well I don't live in an area that is pretty. That is okay. Yeah. So maybe you're not going to be a landscape photographer. Like go find a friend and like start doing photo shoots with them and become a portrait photographer. It's if, that, if that's what you want to do. Right. But, um, just start like all of the information is out there. Mm-hmm. It's all on youtube like Mm -hmm. you can get the degree from youtube university for free Mm -hmm. just start and you're going to serve them some ads i will serve you ads you'll (laughs) you'll get to skip my ads when you're there (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect um yeah so just start and uh and don't compare yourself to the people who've been doing it for four plus years right Mm -hmm. um if you're comparing yourself to me or you're comparing yourself to Peter McKinnon or you're comparing yourself to anybody, right? Like Those can be nice aspirational goals and these can be inspiring people that you look up to. Um, but they've been doing this forever. Uh, mm. They started out at nothing as well. Um, yeah. So if as long as you're comparing yourself only to yourself yesterday and improving upon where you were yesterday, then you'll be super surprised where you are in even six months time or a year's time. But yeah, be patient, keep trying, keep improving watch a lot of youtube tutorials <laughs> and skip those ads that you're going to serve them and sorry for sorry for the ads <laughs> i apologize get premium
1: <laughs> get premium <laughs> not an ad um absolutely i can't agree more great advice um and i think it's easy to get into the comparison game as a creative i mean i struggle with that all the time um because there's so many people doing what we're doing in the same niche but just remember you're the only person like you it sounds so like mr rogers
0: but oh, it's true like there are 2 billion monthly active users on YouTube, 2 billion. Wow. The odds that there are a hundred thousand that are into the weird quirky stuff that you are is actually pretty high. (laughs) If you actually think about it statistically, there's actually a pretty high percentage that there are enough people to get a silver play button Uh that are interested in that weird thing that you are. (laughs) I know it's really hard and saturated to start YouTube now, but just think about that, right? My buddy's house that I slept at last night, he makes comedic game videos. Uh, he's got 700,000 subs. Wow. He started as a total joke. Uh-huh. He His most popular videos, he programs a really bad voice command device to play video games for him. <laughs> so he programs like go forward in GTA to be like blart is the word. And so he's just shouting into the microphone blart and trying to drive across the map in GTA. And this has millions of views, right? Like yeah. nobody should have a career making this type of stuff. But the fact that there are enough people out there, seven hundred thousand people that are interested in the weird quirky stuff that my buddy Doug does. Doug yeah. Doug, he's 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 cool. We should check him out. Um yeah, like I love it. There's plenty of people out there. Yeah. So yeah, just be you. Exactly. And even if you're in a
1: certain niche where you feel like, you know, you mentioned there's a lot of photography tip channels out there, um, make it your own, make it unique, you know? Yeah. It's never too late. And also look at other platforms too. I mean, if, if you are concerned about YouTube being oversaturated, TikTok be, it be the TikTok person. Be the
0: TikTok guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or girl. None of the, yeah. Or girl. None of the, uh, none of the big YouTubers are on TikTok right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Pierre McKinnon hasn't posted a video on TikTok yet. Yep. So that could be you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do it. All right. Well thanks a lot, Kyle, for coming in thanks to the our Podcast. And yeah, uh it. good luck on your shoot this weekend and uh yeah, we'll have to come have you back and uh, have Absolutely. you you know, a year from now see how the YouTube channel and TikTok's going.
0: We'll have the we'll
1: have the play button by next year. Oh heck yeah. Let's do it. Not a chance, but <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kyle.
0: Thanks a so bunch. I hope you guys enjoyed
1: my conversation with Kyle Meshna. If you have any questions about his photography, videography, or even what it's like bouncing a full-time job and freelance photography, feel free to hit him up at Meshna on his Instagram account. Once again, make sure to check out our website, polarpro.com, to learn more about the VD we sell, as well as watch some of the amazing Focus series short films. Once again, I'm Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast, and we'll see you next week.